Hi, John Daniels here from the Eau Claire Church of the Nazarene, bringing you our third podcast. As we work through this COVID-19 pandemic, it's just our way of continuing to reach out into the lives of, of our people, especially, but also anyone who uh, would be able to listen to this podcast. We're glad you're here today. Uh, as we begin, I think it's important for us to begin with prayer. So let's do that right now. Father, we do thank you and we praise you for who you are. We're, thank we're thankful for your love and for the fact that you know just exactly what is going on in our lives today. You know what is going on in this world. And, and Father, you know how much we need you. And Father, we, we pray for those who are affected especially by this pandemic that we are in right now. We pray for those folks who are suffering, those people right now who are uh, afflicted by this disease. We pray, God, that you would touch them and heal them. Father, we pray for those who are, who are seeing to the medical needs that these folk have. We pray, God, that you would protect them, keep them safe, we pray. Father, we pray that you would be with those who have lost loved ones because of this disease. We pray, dear Lord, that you would be a source of comfort and encouragement to them, that they might sense your presence in their lives and their situations in a very real way. We pray, Father, that you would be with those who are leading us today, both on a, a local level and on a, a national level. We pray, God, that they would be attuned to you and what you have to say to them and help them, Father, to listen and do those things that would be for our best good, we pray. Father, I pray for our people who are a part of this local church here in Eau Claire, Eau Claire Church of the Nazarene. We pray just like we prayed for these other folks that you would protect them. Father, bless them, I pray. Lord, provide for them the things that they need. And Lord, above all, remind them of your love for them, we ask. Father, be with us as we go through this passage of scripture just now. Help us, Father, to see the message that you have for us today, we pray. Amen. As I said, our passage this morning is a Palm Sunday passage. It is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. We'll start at verse 28 and read through verse 38. Uh, and if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there. Uh, the passage that we're looking at is very interesting. Uh, it it kind of spells out what Jesus had been up to and what he was doing just prior to the Passover celebration. Now, three years of ministry was drawing to a close for him. Three fruitful years, Jesus had ministered to the needs of hurting people. He preached to them. He taught them. He healed them. He raised their dead. He established quite a following, really. Many people saw him for who he is. They saw the promised one, the Messiah. Others saw him as a liar and as a blasphemer. And really it was for those very reasons that Jesus made his way to Jerusalem. The Passover was fast approaching. And like all good Jews, Jesus wanted to be a part of this important celebration. And it was there that Jesus would prove to everyone, once and for all, his Messiahship. Again, Luke chapter 19, verse 28. I'm reading in the NIV today. Please follow along as I read. 
After Jesus had heard this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead and found just as, he, as they told him. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought the donkey to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word today. Now, Jesus was very methodical in announcing and proving his claim to be Messiah. These verses show us that he chose the perfect time, the perfect place, the perfect way he was going to go about doing that. To help us see a little more clearly, there are some observations that we must keep in the forefront of our minds. First of all, sending the two disciples to, to retrieve the donkey Prove Jesus' ability to know all things. The phrase, the Lord needs it, points to his authority as Messiah. Jesus riding that unbroken colt demonstrates his authority over creation. And the donkey itself really is a symbol of peace. And finally, most of the Jews who knew Jesus were looking for a political leader, and that was really all they were after. Now, as I said, Jesus was very deliberate in how he announced and proved his claim to be a Messiah. He chose, first of all, the perfect time. The Passover season had come. It was a time when the Jewish people gathered in the holy city of Jerusalem to celebrate God's miraculous intervention in leading his children out of Egyptian bondage and into freedom. For years, the children of Israel had labored under an oppressive rule that the Egyptians were putting on them. Then one day, God showed up, and through a series of amazing events, God brought them out. And really, what a day that must have been. Jesus chose this day, this Passover season, to show the world who he is. He chose the perfect time. Have you always noticed that God's timing is always perfect? Many times I've been faced with a tough situation knowing that God's intervention would be the only real solution. The balance in the checkbook is too low and, and we're nowhere near payday. Lord, would you please help? The situation at work is really stressful right now. Lord, could you help me there too? I can tell you that every time God had an answer, Every time God came through, every time God was just in time. Again, he chose the perfect time. 
you would think that if he really is who he claimed to be, he could have done this any time and anywhere. He could have done it on his birthday. He could have done it at, a, at another feast. He could have done it during a Roman holiday. But Jesus chose this Passover season. Why? If you remember the actual Passover event and what happened that night, you'll also remember that God proved to everyone there that he really was God. He did so by taking the firstborn of every household that didn't have the doorpost marked with blood from a sacrificial lamb. Now all of this sounds scary and even a bit gruesome. The truth was is that it really was that scary. It really was that gruesome. The children of Israel knew what was coming because they were told what was coming. But the Egyptian people didn't know. This last event, this 10th plague, was a plague that God sent to prove his power and authority once and for all. This event cemented in the hearts and the minds of the Israelite children that God really was God. And it proved to the Egyptian people that Jehovah was the one true God. And out of this awful yet wonderful set of circumstances, the people of God were at last free. The blood on the doorpost was a sign of sacrifice, but it was also a proof of acceptance. This Passover celebration commemorated God doing for his chosen people what they couldn't do for themselves. Jesus went to Jerusalem to celebrate that too. But just a few days later, he would become the sacrificial lamb. He would die to pave a way of acceptance by God to anyone who would believe. He chose the perfect time, but that's not all. He chose the perfect place. Jerusalem, Jerusalem was then and is now the holy city for the Jewish people. It's the place where every devout Jew is drawn to. It has been said that the most committed Jews won't live more than a three days journey from the city of Jerusalem. The reason for that centers around the Passover celebration. Of course, in this day and age, a Jew can live halfway around the world and still be in close proximity to the holy city. Jesus knew that the city would be packed with people, other worshipers, came in from all around to take part in the rituals that made Passover so special. Jesus had an opportunity to impact so many lives that weekend. It makes you wonder if this was one way he was drawing all men to himself, like he said in John chapter 12, verse 32. Think about this. The Jews were assembled to praise God and worship him a God that they had never, ever seen before. Now they had an opportunity to see him with their own eyes. In fact, Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. John chapter 14, verse 19. But if we were to read through the rest of this passage and the other verses of scripture that relate to the events leading up to his death, we would find that some really would see him for who he is. Others would see him, but, but they wouldn't see him as God. Again, they would see him as a liar and as a blasphemer. 
and some wouldn't really see him at all. But regardless of the way or the place that Jesus is seen, he is still God. And I think it's important for each of us to think about what we see or even what we think when we consider who Jesus is. He chose the perfect time. He chose the perfect place. Finally, today, he chose the perfect way. Let's go back to those observations that we made in the beginning. The sending of the disciples for the donkey proved that Jesus really does know everything. That small phrase, the Lord needs it, points to his authority as God in the flesh. Jesus broke Jesus riding that unbroken donkey demonstrates his authority over creation. And also the donkey itself is a symbol of peace. It's hard to say how many people really understood all that Jesus was saying and doing that day. But one thing is for sure. God was in it all. You know, I kind of envy those people who experienced these things firsthand. They got to see Jesus up close and personal. They got to see God in the flesh. And really, that's amazing to me. But you know, as Christians, we don't have it so bad. We have the inspired word of God that tells us all of these stories. And they cause us to wonder and to ponder and to be amazed. We have the Holy Spirit to help us see and understand what it is we're reading and what we're learning about. The time was perfect because Passover had come. Jesus wanted everyone to see that he was the promised Messiah and that he was to be the sacrificial lamb. The place was perfect because everyone was there for the celebration. Thousands would be there to see and hear him, and so many of them would believe. All of these things came together to, to create the perfect way in which Jesus chose to stake his claim to be the Savior of the world. You know, Jesus really did come to save us from our sins. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's us, folks. That's why he is called Savior and Redeemer and Messiah and Lord. If you are a follower of Christ today, you can probably remember the day you gave your heart to Jesus. The time was perfect. The place was perfect. And the way was perfect too. It was a glorious day, wasn't it? God came, he heard your prayer, and he saved you from your sins. And from that moment on, you were free. I tell my people all the time that it's so vitally important for us to remember these kinds of things. Last week, Pastor Mary Louise talked about identifying the landmarks in our lives. And really, there is no bigger landmark in our lives than the day we came to faith in God through Christ. Next Sunday is Easter, and my heart aches for the thought that we can't be together on that blessed day. But still, it's Easter, 
And as followers of Christ, we have reason to celebrate our Lord's victory over death, hell, and the grave. My challenge for you this week is to remember who Jesus is. Remember who he is to you. He's your Savior. He's your Messiah. He's your Redeemer. He's your Lord. Let's pray together. Father, again, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are to us. And Lord, as we, as we live our lives for you, we pray and, and ask, Father, that you would help us to, to live in a way that would honor you and glorify you. Father, this week is, is so special for us. And it seems as though our lives have been turned upside down by all that's going on around us. And really it has been. But help us, Lord, to focus on you and who you are and who you are to us. Help us to come back together again next Sunday, even if it's in a podcast format to worship you and to praise you and to thank you for what you've done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today.